Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That probably helps Nick Chubb in the passing game because he's an outlet. He's yeah. an outlet with soft hands for Deshaun Watson. So we'll see if that passing game usage continues. One player we know the passing game uh, usage is always there is Ramondre Stevenson. You know, you know, my wife has never referred to me as an outlet with soft hands. And I'm now I'm thinking about that. I'm just going to bring that up to her. I'm going to bring that up. Because that's my love language. Today. I'm yeah. going to say, like, could you just every once in a while, just, you know, when you're talking with your girlfriends, you know, my husband is. He's, he's an outlet with soft hands. That's all I'm asking. All right. <laughs> Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Happy Friday. You know who else is an outlet with soft hands? Let's hear it. Jay Croucher. That's That's right. right. I've been, um, my wife calls me the surgeon. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Listen. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I have one night in Buffalo to say (laughs) your wife is correct. Uh, Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher. The soft hands jokes. They'll ride out for a long time. All right. Get some mileage out of them. Yeah, yeah. 100%. You know, what the, you know what I think the safest bet in all of sports is? Yeah. Is whatever the line is on whether I will run a joke into the ground or not, yes. take the over. over. Yeah. Always take the over. Yeah. over. That's Always take the over. Yes. Yes. Yep. Thousand percent. It is literally the easiest, easiest line in all of sports. <laughs> Listen, we got what's on tap today. We're going to go through some of the biggest totals for the weekend. But before we do that, let's get into Thursday night football. Of course, a lot of fantasy impact across Vikings, Eagles. And listen, Swifties drink free. A big day yeah. for the Swifties right here. All, all Swifties all drink Swifties. free. DeAndre Swift drinks free. Most notably. Obviously, Swift. Taylor Swift drinks free anytime she wants to pop by. Stromall Swift. Basketball school player at some point, I believe. Yes, there we go. I I (laughs) have Stromile Swift Swift on a fantasy basketball team back in the day. Yeah, Uh, Good source of cheap rebounds, if I remember correctly. (laughs) Um, And better at steals than you would think. Uh, Yeah, and and by the way, if Taylor Swift brings in Travis Kelsey, he also drinks free. He is a Swifty, it seems like. DeAndre Swift, massive night, 28 carries, 175 yards, and a touchdown. Also caught three passes for six yards. This was the most rushing yards by an Eagle since LaShawn McCoy in 2000. 2013. I mean, guys, Swift fills in with Kenneth Gainwell out with the rib injury and very a massive night for him running behind that Eagles offense. He looked exciting. Look, we, we talked about this yesterday. We'd just say, hey, if I had to start an Eagles running back with DeAndre Swift, but we just didn't know what kind of usage he would get. This is only the fifth game in his career, literally the fifth game in his career, where he got 20 or more touches. What's exciting is, though, um, is so uh, he had a huge game, obviously, 27.1 fantasy points, 26 for 176. Caught a couple of balls for six yards. He could have had an even more more uh, massive day, right? Because he gets vultured the one yard line two different times. He's down at the one. Jalen Hurts comes in, gets the bush push, if you will. So as you see it there on your screen, that's the one touchdown he did. He could have had a three touchdown game. I have a couple of things that I'm concerned about, though. I, I know this seems concerned, but like he had a 9.6 percent target share. 
Like the, the, for the for the season, he's got a 9.6% target share as well. Just three receptions for six yards. I if he's not going to get any passing game work, then he needs this kind of volume. And I'm not convinced that when Kenneth Gainwell comes back, he gets this kind of volume. Like the the Vikings defense helped out a lot as well, and Swift ran great. But I'm not ready suddenly to be like, oh, never mind about Kenneth Gainwell, who got so much work in week one and DeAndre Swift got two touches. Obviously, this performance gets Swift a lot more touches, but I don't... Do you think suddenly he's taking over this backfield? Are you with there? I mean, don't you have to rank Swift above Gainwell next week just because of the upside and what he showed? I just think that just the way that he ran, I mean, he looked like the guy had been taken as a top two first-round pick uh, in fantasy for so long in Detroit. And I know that he didn't get the work in the receiving game, but they weren't giving anyone work in the receiving game uh, because they decided that they were just going to take what the defense gave them, uh, and that was running the ball down the throat of Minnesota. And, I mean, his rushing prop last night was 34-and-a-half. He went 28 for 175 and a touchdown and could have had three. Yeah, I mean, yeah, easily. I mean, like, you could have, you could have bet his rushing prop, like, middle of the game yeah. and still hit it, uh, hit the over. I just uh, – I'm with you there. Like, my, when my rankings come up for week three, if Kenneth Gainwell is like, hey, he's coming back, I will still have Swift ranked ahead of Kenneth Gainwell. But I think there is a chance you've seen DeAndre Swift's best game of the year is my only argument oh, here. Oh, for sure. Is that, and the other – but one thing I think that is exciting here is that if – once again, even with Kenneth Gainwell out in a game in which they are running at will, Rashad Penny still can't get a sniff. Right? I mean, like, he at least was healthy. In the, at least he a little was active. exciting in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was I mean, exciting right, exactly. for the drive. He, he got, he was, at least he was active. Yeah. But, and Boston Scott isn't going to be really a thing here. So I think what's really interesting here is that um, what we thought was a three- or four-headed committee coming into the season feels like it's now a two-headed committee. Because you don't really feel like Austin Scott's going to get any run unless there's an injury. Same with Rashad Penny. So if you're telling me it's just Kenneth Gainwell and DeAndre Swift and we'll figure out what that split is when Gainwell's back, I can work with that, right? Those two guys behind that offensive line, those two guys will have value. Like flex, flex upside value. Yep. I think we're now at a point where DeAndre Swift is maybe the highest variance player in fantasy the rest of the season. Because, one, he's really good. He's very talented. He's behind the best offensive line in football. And that team is going to have a lot of leads. And he's just got 28 carries. And mm-hmm. so there is a chance that Kenneth Gainwell comes back and Sirianni's like, uh, Swift is a lot better. Swift is getting 70% of the carries. There's also a chance that Swift is the number two running back next week. So he could be the number one running back in fantasy. Like, that is in play on that team with that talent. He could also be a guy you don't even feel comfortable starting. I I will say this. If somebody made me a really nice offer for DeAndre Swift, I would take it. Again, just because high variance. And by the way, this is somebody that has struggled to stay healthy throughout his career. Again, there's literally, he's been in the league for a number of years. He's had five games with 20 or more touches. This was number five last night. I mean, he's 5'9", 215. He's not... You know, he's not Adrian Peterson. That's uh, right. So that, that would be... I, the way this would work out, the DeAndre Swift story, is that he gets the lead job, has two games, and by week five, he's the number one running back in fantasy, and then he gets injured. That's yeah. kind of how it feels like. Moving over to the Vikings side of things, obviously Justin Jefferson is the other player to completely go off in this game. The volume in the second half was huge. He ends up with 11 total catches for 159 yards in this game. Uh, over almost 25 fantasy points. I mean... No surprise here, especially the script. I mean, the Vikings were playing behind in the second half. Kirk Cousins was dropping back 8 million times, and Justin Jefferson is exactly who we thought he would be. Just no touchdown on the night, Barry. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. God, that, that rule is so brutal, the, the fumble it's out the of the back. It's the worst rule in football. It is, it's the worst rule in sports. It makes no sense. Like, if you fumble, like any, if you fumble anywhere else in the field, 
you get the ball right, you know, and it goes out of bounds, and you keep possession where it went out of bounds. But here, you ter- you lose possession, and the other team, I, it makes no sense to me. But I just, I need a, I need a ruling from you, uh, Connor Rogers, if you can, if you can just help me out here as you see the play there on your screen in terms of uh, Jefferson fumbling out of the end zone. So I need a ruling. What do you think was the worst call? Was it um, was it Jay Croucher <laughs> taking the under on Justin Jefferson receiving yards, or was it me putting Kirk Cousins on the hate list because he had a monster <laughs> night, you know? And I was he just shut me up too. Well, what you always what's the worst call? I mean, Jay doubting Justin Jefferson. <laughs> is. And they, right? You and, know. I, and I looked at him and like, eh, it might be onto something. It's a lot of yards. But yeah, the matchup like is not good against. And then you sit and you're like, it's Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. What, were, what well, were you thinking? With a minute to go in the second quarter, he had 27 yards and I was sitting pretty. Live yeah. line was like 78 and a half. A lot of value. And then, uh, yeah. You both of- had track records, too. <laughs> Primetime Kirk Cousins, always bet against him. Right. Justin Jefferson against Slay, that's been his toughest matchup. Primetime Kirk Cousins with a banged-up offensive line against a team that brought pressure at one of the highest rates in the NFL the week before. Kirk Cousins is traditionally very poor against pressure. One of my bets was Kirk Cousins to throw a pick, and he didn't do that yeah. either. I mean, I bet like, Jalen Carter would have a sack against right, him. He did, like, right, like a layup. Car, right. Seemed like a layup. Carter looked great, but you're going to have a sack. Did not have a sack. So just, well, I mean, you know, I, I just want to cop to that and – well done, Kirk Cousins, because he was on the hate list and he made me look stupid. I say that, like usually th- I make myself look stupid, but in this particular case, it was Kirk Cousins. I say Jefferson. There's no like he completely dominated that. He went well, well over. Kirk Cousins. I mean, he had a great stat line. He didn't didn't look amazing to me. Uh-oh. He looked solid enough, but he really should have had Jefferson on that. Tu- that should have been a touchdown. Uh, so you know, I guess that's just the Kirk Cousins it's- experience, and the stat line was awesome. To me, I think you know the uh, the bigger concern here is. Uh, just and we need to move on quickly. But great game from Devontae Smith and and Hawkinson as well. They were who we thought yeah. we were. Uh, I agree with you. I also I know this is sacrilegious to say, especially for me because you know no one loves Jalen Hurts more than me, except maybe Mama Hurts. But I will just say that like I thought you were Mama Hurts. I, I might be. DNA <laughs> tests are inconclusive. I'll just say that I he didn't look great to me. Like he got the two gimme. T- he got me. He got the two bunny touchdowns. So it's like okay. Great, but like, you know, and he, he was efficient, 18 of 23, but under 200 yards uh, passing, you know, 12 rushes for 35 yards. Like, like they did a good job bottling it up. I, I will give Brian Flores credit. Like, I thought they had a nice game plan at least for Jalen Hurts. Like, I mean, they were able to run at will. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, you know, he wasn't great in week one. He obviously had a big fantasy day in week two, but I don't. I don't think we're 100% out of the woods yet with Jalen Hurts. That's all I'm saying. He doesn't look right. There's just something off, and I'm guessing it's the Shane Steichen's no longer there, and it's a new offense, and he's adjusting, so you give him that. And it was a short week, right? He's played, he's played, you know, two games in 10 days. And- short week. But I tweeted that last night that someone needs to just kind of turn Jalen Hurts off and try turning him back on again. It's just like right. all the wiring is just not quite there. And I'd be a little bit concerned. If Tua lights up the Pats, and the Pats' defense isn't as good as we think it is, then it's like, all right, maybe, yeah. maybe sell high on Jalen Hurts. But still... He gets the touchdowns, which is a part of his game that you can count on. If I was drafting again today, he's still one of my top four quarterbacks that's going. But I just, you know, I had him as my number one quarterback, and I might, uh, you know, if I had the number, right, I might, Mahomes or even Josh Allen, you know, anyway, so... Still a big night for Devontae yeah. Smith. He has over 23 fantasy points. He catches the bomb. He looks amazing. Four catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Not a big night for A.J. Brown. Only had no. four catches for 29 yards. But Jalen Hurts didn't seem too concerned about A.J. Brown being a little upset uh, when he spoke after the game. I think um, everybody wants to make plays and everybody wants to contribute. Um, I have no worry about him. 
you know, and he's he's a he's a great player, great teammate, great friend, and um, we'll all do any, anything and everything with winning in mind. I mean, guys, we know what this offense is going to be. A.J. Brown is going to have his weeks. Devontae Smith, of course, having his weeks. He had, a, he had a 31% target share. And, like, after that little blow up on the on the sideline where I think he said, like, A.J. Brown needs the ball. A.J. Brown talking about himself in the third person, like by that. the way. That's a, that is a, that's a strong move. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, a Another strong Barry style. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, Barry needs uh, his diet soda. <laughs> Barry does need his diet soda. Um, <laughs> I, I'll say that um, – A.J. Brown, like, after that, like, three of the next four pass plays went to A.J. Brown after that. And one of them was the touchdown that got called back, like, you know, or, um, you know, and then there was a pass, you know, looked like it could have been pass interference um, that would have been a touchdown if he – so I'm not worried about A.J. Brown. I'm also, by the way, um, as long as we're talking about guys from this game that I'm not worried about – uh, I'm, as you see here, this is the that's the play. Looked like it was a touchdown for AJ Brown. Ultimately, they ruled him out. Um, but yeah, I think the narrative. Oh, it was a, sorry, it was a um, it was a it was a penalty. It was a yeah hold on the running back there. Um, so it was a, it was a touchdown. It was just called back due to penalty. Um, great great catch there. Um, yeah, Boston Scott. Hold on, Boston Scott. Damn it, Boston Scott. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's Penny? Oh, Sorry. Never Penny. Mind. Penny, oh, whatever. Penny. Neither of them are in the... He's never going to be back on the floor. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Good job, Rashad Penny. You, did, you didn't contribute to the box score, but you did take fantasy points away Indeed. from Jalen Brown. If Richard I can't have him Brown. again, yeah, that's ex- Rashad exactly. Penny's right now. Right, yeah. Sorry, um, I only saw the, I saw the one number. Um, uh, but as long as we're talking about running backs with poor performances, I, I think we've got to talk about Alexander Madison here for real quickly. Just the sense that, like, he's getting a ton of volume, but another poor fantasy day for Alexander Madison. I have two things to say about Alexander Madison. One is, I'm not worried about it. Like, he played the Buccaneers and the Eagles, which I think, again, we'll see how the season plays out, but if we were talking before the season, we say, like, name the top five run defenses in the NFL. Like, those are two of the teams that are on it. Traditionally, the Bucs and Eagles have both been among the league leaders in terms of toughest teams to run against. Tennessee's there as well. So, two tough defenses. He's getting volume. We know this guy is talented. We've seen him be uh, productive before. They were able to move the ball. Kirk Cousins had a very good day moving the ball, and so teams are now going to have to respect that as Jordan Addison comes into his own and Hawkinson, obviously, and Jefferson. So I am not worried about Madison. I would be buying low. So I will just say that from a fantasy perspective, from a real-life perspective, like check out you know Madison on Twitter or uh, Instagram. He got these messages, these DMs from – I'm using fans in quotes because they're not fans. They're, like, awful human beings. And, like, I beg fantasy managers to never, ever tag a player unless you're saying something positive. Like, they don't care about our fantasy teams. Like, Alexander Madison's worried that the Vikings weren't able to get a win in their 0-2. He doesn't care about your fantasy team. By the way, nor should he. And his – I don't know. I'm not worried about Alexander Madison as a fantasy asset, but as a person, as a human being, I am because that's – what he went through with some of those messages are awful. Yeah, it's reprehensible. Um, yes. Just last thing on this game, uh, on, from a fantasy perspective, I would be selling high on Jordan Addison if you get a, a knockout deal just because so far he's been dependent on touchdowns in each of his first two games and these monster long gains of 62 yards and then 39 yards last week. I just don't think there's a ton of targets in there for him. He's had 11 over the past two weeks. I think that's probably about what he's going to be at because Hawkinson and Jefferson, they just get so much love from Kirk Cousins and rightfully so. I do well, wonder, Jay, though, can this defense be bad enough that this yeah, is who they are? Honestly. You could have I, three high-volume targets. I'll, I'll just say, I think Addison's really talented and yeah. I think, you know, uh, I think he. I want to say uh, he had 64. Perc- I, I think he um, 
He played 56% of the snaps in week one. He played yes. 71% yep. of the snaps yesterday. So his role is increasing. I think it's a matter – it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. He becomes the number two and K.J. Osborne becomes the number three. I do think there's enough volume. Remember, over 100 targets last year for yep. Adam Thielen that are now no longer there. Hawkinson's there, which hurts a little bit. But I don't know. I just – I believe in the kid's talent. I do think they're yeah. going to throw. But, listen, I have Addison in our show league. So – and I know you have Chris Olave, but you love Michael Thomas. <laughs> oh, yes. That's so your Saints. So do you want to do uh, – I will trade you Addison for Olave just so you can get the, you know, the second – Saints wide receiver off your team. Yeah, listen, if you can work a side trade to get Michael Thomas onto your team and send him my way, a little three-team action, you probably have to give up Mahomes or whoever your quarterback is. But, uh, yeah, we can talk If you want to – I will figure out a way to get Michael Thomas if you'll give me uh, Olave for Michael <laughs> Thomas and Jordan Addison. That's also a deal I will do. Yeah, sounds like a fantastic trade, Matthew. By the way, I have in, in our show league uh, where I'm 1-0, I, uh, I have Jalen Hurts and TJ Hawkinson. So, uh Yesterday was Glad a good day for you. me and a bad day for Penn State. Blake. Uh, so oh, I beat him last week. You, you got to go it. through I'm, I'm on yeah, my way. Mm. We are about to be 0-2. <laughs> Penn State, Blake. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the Roto World player news. We have notable practice reports, of course. Austin Eckler did not practice yesterday with the ankle injury. Aaron Jones did not practice dealing with a hamstring. DeAndre Hopkins did not practice dealing with an ankle. Jacoby Myers is not at a concussion protocol. Mm. He has not practiced. Christian Watson. He's, he's, I was just saying, Meyer, Meyer's listed as doubtful for Sunday. Yeah, it doesn't already. look like he's going to go. That was a, that was a brutal, right. hit, brutal yeah. hit. Christian Watson's still not practicing. We know about his hamstring. A new one here. This is Circle this with red. Puka Nakua. I mean, if you dumped the fab budget on Puka Nakua right now, it's yeah. it's not panic city, but he's dealing with an oblique and did yeah. not practice. It, we'll get we, we actually stop right here. I'll just say it, it. You know, Puka Nakua used this. to mean no worries. Now you know, it's a problem. Concern. It's a problem yeah. for you philosophy. But the truth of the matter is, is yeah, now there's now there's concern. Puka Nakua now means uh, check the Friday injury <laughs> yeah, report. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. watch fantasy from pregame Sunday morning, yes. 11 a.m. Eastern on no, Peacock because we'll have the latest on Puka Nakua. Um, yeah, I'm concerned, guys. This might be the Tutu Atwell show. You know, uh, for the rain. especially no because, by the way, <laughs> right? And um, by the way, the the Tutu Atwell show, by the way, is I think that airs on Peacock like Thursdays. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't know our entire lineup, but it feels like host. it's Tutu Atwell yeah. show. I might, be, like, I might be hosting. That I feel show. like I feel yeah. like you host that. Yeah, for that's Peacock. something I'd be like, guys, I can't stay late. I got yeah. a Tutu Atwell show. <laughs> yeah. that's, or, uh, on, on Peacock and Freebie. Yeah, it probably feels. Yeah, Tutu Atwell shows like season eight of the X Files after Mulder left. It's not great. I feel like even if if feels like the going against the Niners feels like you just kind of want to, avo- unfortunately, if you can't, avoid the Rams passing situation. If Puka Nakua is active, you probably have to start him, but I don't know that you feel great about him. I had at wide receiver 30. I'll probably lower him a little bit when I do my Friday ranks update after all the injury reports come out, just because if he's rookie less than 100% against the Niners, that's going to be um, a little bit tough. I do think that if he's out, I prefer Tutu Atwell to Van Jefferson if I'm picking a Rams wide receiver that isn't Puka Nakua, but doesn't feel great. I think Tyler Higby is the only guy that you're really comfortable starting, and then even then you don't feel great about against the Niners' defense. I will say that uh, his last six games against the Niners, Tyler Higby averaging 10.9 fantasy points per game, which, you know, for a tight end is not terrible. Uh, this is the world we live in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind Higby as well, uh, but... You know, don't love any of these situations here. Four more trending the right way. Darren Waller, he's been dealing with that hamstring. He was limited. It sounds like Waller is is going to obviously keep playing through this. They're just being cautious with him in practice. Mark Andrews has been dealing with a quad. He was limited. Jerry Judy 
practiced in full off the hamstring injury. Devontae Adams dealing with a foot injury. He practiced in full. So good news for the wide receivers at the end of this list, guys. One thing I just want to sort of point out that I, you know, because there there's been a lot of discussion this week uh, on this show and also in, in, you know, fantasy Twitter and elsewhere about Austin Eckler's injury by Austin himself as well, who's saying go pick up Josh Kelly. So we appreciate that from Austin. Aaron Jones as well. We'll see how that plays out. A.J. Dillon would immediately become a top 15 running back against Atlanta. Probably like borderline top 12 for me if Jones is out. But DeAndre Hopkins dealing with his ankle, right? Yeah, you know, it like feels a little bit more serious. If he doesn't practice today, you know, I'm, I'm just a little concerned about DeAndre Hopkins. I think this could, be, like, again, you've got, you've got Traylon Burks back, which is great. But I think against the Chargers, like, give me some Chickaconquo. If DeAndre Hopkins was out, like obviously they'll lean on Derrick Henry, but give me some Chigakonkwo. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a game where they're probably going to have to be throwing as well. They're three-point dogs at home to the Chargers. Uh, and then on the other side as well, uh, we spoke about it a little bit, but not super interested in Joshua Kelly going up against that Titans run defense. It'd be tough. I mean, you know, uh, he's probably still, uh, based on volume, he's probably a top 20 play, but Certainly, you'd, you'd like him to be facing somebody other than the Titans. Looking at the Raiders, this one matters a lot now. With Devontae Adams back at practice and Jacoby Myers not out of concussion protocol, Jacoby Myers was one of the stars of Week 1, and the volume great. is going to be massive for him all season when healthy. Now, Devontae Adams feels like he goes back to the typical Devontae Adams volume. 100%. By the way, you're 1-0 Las Vegas Raiders. Thank you very don't much. Don't uh, Don't uh, Don't forget it. I, you know, and they're on the road at Buffalo, which... So that's a tough matchup, obviously, in Buffalo stinging from the, their loss. But um, Devontae Adams is just, again, one of those guys that you just sort of bet on talent and volume, and you're not, you know, maybe you downgrade him slightly, but especially without uh, Jacoby Myers there. One thing I can't wait for, I don't know what you guys are looking forward to this weekend, um, but can I tell you what I'm most please, looking forward please to this weekend? Oh, please tell me about that. I can't that. wait till Sunday morning, Fantasy Bowl pregame. 11 a.m. Eastern on Peacock and, and the NFL on NBC YouTube channel, by the way. I, I found out basically they're airing it free on uh, YouTube as well. So uh, you can check it out there uh, on YouTube. But our friend Lawrence Jackson. Yeah. Hunter Renfro's biggest fan will be here <laughs> on Sunday morning. And I, I haven't gotten a chance to talk to Lawrence since last Sunday. We talked about it a little bit on Wednesday, but um, I can't wait to, you know, uh, refresh his memory about him taking Hunter Renfro over Jacoby Myers. Him mocking my Jacoby Myers. Very niche island for uh, Lawrence to really set up camp on Hunter Renfro Island. <laughs> Hunter Renfro is super weird. My, my Michael Thomas island. Michael Thomas is a great player once. At once, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hunter, Hunter Renfro, Renfro had like four Jones. games. Yeah. Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro was solid once. Lawrence's Mount Rushmore is... Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, I give it credit. Niche. It's out there. It, it is. He's like it's an like Atlanta fan, but he wears Dodgers hats. Like he's a, <laughs> Lawrence is all over the place, and so like I'm just happy when he wears a shirt because he doesn't always do that. And so um, anyway, I love I love Lawrence. But what I'm really looking forward to is talking to him about Hunter Renfro in depth <laughs> and what what why he thought. Hunter Renfro would have a better day than Jacoby Myers last week. <laughs> One last one here, guys, that I want to revisit is the Packers' offense. We talked about how Aaron Jones, he's not practicing what that means, of course, for A.J. Dillon. But Christian Watson also still not practicing. I mean, where does, the, does this offense, does that kind of a bump to guys like Musgrave and Dobbs? I mean, the Packers, are they trust Jordan Love to throw. So it's not like, you know, that part of their game completely goes away. Yeah, I think, it, and I think it's going to depend on a couple of things, right? Because... If, they, if the Falcons can't run on Green Bay the way they were able to run on Carolina, they're not going to be able to control time possession here. And so 
the, the, the Falcons, who allowed the six most rushing yards in week number one. So we'd expect A.J. Dillon to have a big game here. We'll see if Aaron Jones can go or not. But, yeah, I would think so. I mean, it doesn't feel like, you know, there's – some of it was inflated by, you know, the short pass to Aaron Jones, and then he ran to, ran to the house. But Jordan Love ultimately, I think, had a pretty good game on the road to Chicago, which is not an easy place to play. And I do think that, you know, I don't think Atlanta is as tough a place to play at Chicago. Like, indoors, in the dome, like, Jordan Love should have a, should have a nice game. The Packers should have a nice game. And I do think, to your point, uh, Romeo Dobbs and uh, thank you, Luke Musgrave are nice plays this week, especially assuming if Watson's out and Jones is out, full steam ahead. Yeah, and I think that, look, this injury news to Jones and Watson has been enough to flip the Packers from favorites into Atlanta being favorites. Uh, To be fair, it was around one, the line anyway, so uh, teams don't often win by one exactly, but yeah, I mean... Packers. Yeah, you like the Packers? Okay, well... The Packers getting points? Yes. I would hope that Romeo Dobbs is right, because... He was the guy who looked the best for them, I think. And he wasn't at full strength because he was dealing with the injury. But looking at DraftKings now, like these receiving yards props, Jaden Reed, 39.5. Luke Musgrave, 31.5. Romeo Dobbs, 37.5. One of those guys is going to go well over. Maybe yeah, two of them, maybe I, all three of give them. Me all the, give yeah. me all the overs. But I, I definitely like, I like Dobbs over. 37.5, yeah, you said? If, if, he is, if he is healthy, then he should clear that number pretty comfortably. Yeah. In the and, and if Watson's out. Yep. Yeah. The toughest competition of the year is here. The biggest talents in men's rugby take the stage as 20 countries compete for 20 days of heart-pounding, hard-hitting action at the Rugby World Cup. Watch every match live on Peacock all the way through the final on October 28th with games also available on CNBC. We're taking our first break. When Jay, we're back, it's what's ever, on tap at the bar. On rugby? I have. Many have times, Matthew. <laughs> I was just wondering what a degenerate he was. Oh, absolutely surprising. Yeah. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sunday night, Tua Tagovailoa and the Dolphins face off against Mac Jones and the Patriots in this AFC showdown. Sunday, 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. All right, guys, it's What's on Tap. What's on Tap is brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL. These are Sunday's matchups with the highest point totals right here. And we are going to start with the Dolphins going to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. This one the over-under is set at 46.5 on Sunday night football. Listen, that Patriots defense has looked good, but we saw the Dolphins absolutely go off. 
Are you surprised, Jay, that the line is the third highest on the Sunday slate? Given that, you know, the game's in Foxborough and the fact is, is that the, you know, the Patriots played pretty good defense in week one. Betting market thinks that the Dolphins are an offensive mm. juggernaut. And I think that is going to be proven out uh, on Sunday one way or another. But there is a chance that's the best offense in football. Barry, Raheem Moster had under 30 rushing yards in both games against the Patriots last season. But he's coming off a top 20 RB finish in week one. Is Raheem must-start a must-start for week number two? I'm at running back 23, so I don't know that he is a, quote, must-start. But I do think he could potentially be a dream. Uh, Look, he played 72% of the team snaps in week one against the Chargers. Again, we know no Jeff Wilson. Doesn't seem like Devon A-Chain is going to have a big role here. So, I mean, you'll see a little bit of Savon Ahmed. But think about week 17 last year against the Patriots. 17 touches, 91 total yards, and a touchdown for Mostert. He had 23.1 fantasy points in that game. And I do think that if you think about kind of this, the typical Bill Belichick thing, he always wants to try to take away whatever the team's most important thing is. And that's not going to be Raheem Mostert. No. Like, right. whether he's successful taking Tyreek Hill away or not remains to be seen, but that's where they're going to focus. They're... I think if I'm Bill Belichick, I will give up as many six, seven-yard runs to Raheem Mostert as they want, as long as I don't give up a 50-yarder to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, well, firstly, I mentioned that DeAndre Swift was maybe the most high-variance player in fantasy. The rest of the year, we've got a very high-variance HR situation here with Matthew Laney against the railing. He's uh, about plus 7,500 to fall to his death, <laughs> which would be a very, that. very this rough way. Hey, you think this is, broken this, leg is, at plus yeah, this, is, this is This is not old FedEx field where <laughs> you just you fall through. No, okay. no. This is a sturdy bar, you know? Like, listen, because... People get drunk at the bar, and you got to have this sturdy. You can't like you can't fall over. I'm yeah. good. Okay, no, I like Don't the faith worry. in the set. Secondly, to me, the most incredible stat from week one yeah. of the NFL season. So an explosive pass play is a passing play that gets you a 15-yard gain or better. The Dolphins had 17 of them <laughs> against the Chargers, and no other team had more than eight. Right. That's insane. Yeah. 17 explosive pass plays. That's how Tua got to 466 passing yards. So I think there is a very good chance that this team, and Tua looked a lot better. He looked better he than he did last season. He had a pretty good year last year. So I think there's a very good chance that this team is just unguardable and that with Waddle getting healthier and Tyreek looking like, along with Jefferson and Chase, the best receiver in the game, that you just cannot stop these guys. This, by the way, just while you're mentioning that in terms of like, I don't think people appreciate just how many yards 466 is. I, I mean, that's like, like it's just it's, it's, I think it's one of the top ten passing games in NFL history, right? It's not like, like the Chargers have a bad defense. No. They've got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa yeah, going up against but, an offensive line without Armstead. So 466 is a, is a, is a very high number. Um, but the other thing I just want to mention here, um, everyone knows about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and, of course, Raheem Mostert. But Durham Smythe, and, and shout-out to Lawrence who brought him up uh, earlier in the week, but Durham Smythe, their tight end, led Miami in routes run last week. He was second in targets with seven he didn't have like a huge game but again this might very well be the best offense in football and here is a tight end that led that team in routes run he was second on that team in targets he has no competition Mike Gusecki is on the other side of the field in this one for New England everyone's talking about this as the Mike Gusecki bowl obviously um and uh so anyway Durham Smythe is just you know out there free in a ton of leagues and he might be just a guy I don't know but the starting tight end on the best offense yes. in football probably should be rostered in mortal leagues. Yep, I agree with that. Jay, looking at this game, I mean, you can make an argument right now. Mike McDaniel might be the best offensive architect in the AFC. Yep. What does it take for Tua to come out of this game as the MVP frontrunner in the NFL? Well, I think if Mahomes loses to Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence, which is very much in play, is only three-and-a-half-point favorite, and then Tua 
on Sunday Night Football on NBC, if he lights up the Patriots' defense, which the Eagles could not do, then all of a sudden he's probably the MVP favorite. Mike McDaniel is probably Coach of the Year yeah. favorite. Really like Mike McDaniel at 14-1 to 1 on DraftKings to win Coach of the Year because he is a guy who will absolutely get the credit. People love Mike McDaniel. I, I was going to say, yeah. He, he is a media darling. Media no darling. And also, his, just, his coaching is very visible. You can see exactly what yes. he is doing because of how that offense is schemed. And, and again, like going, winning, turning around Miami and that division, yep. right? You're facing off against Belichick. You're facing it off against a very good Jets defense. And of course, uh, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills. Like the favorites. The, uh, right. If the Dolphins, I'm with you. I'm with you. I like that bet. 14 to 1, that's uh, a little bit high. Yep. I like that. Let's look at the New England side of things. Their offense, Barry. Will Kendrick Bourne once again be New England's top wide receiver this week? It feels like they paid Juju Smith-Schuster to be that. But it's not trending that way anymore for New England's offense. And there's bad vibes coming out of New England around you. Know, bad a lot of stories. There are some bad juju. There we go. Thank you. I feel like, you know, every once in a while. I don't 10, know why Jack. I missed that layup. I don't know why I just dribbled around <laughs> yeah. and then jacked up a three yeah, when it was exactly. just right there for me. But um, You'll take it to the whole method. That's what I did. Exactly. Like, take the lane, Barry. Um, yeah, some bad juju coming out of New England around him. We don't know if Devontae Parker's going to play in this one. But I've been saying that I think that even if Parker's active, give me Kendrick Bourne. Look. I'm at wide receiver 39, so it's not like I, I think he's going to go crazy, but he had two red zone targets where he scored on both last week, 11 targets in week one, a 20% target share. He led all Patriots wide receivers in snaps and routes run. And so I don't think they want Mac Jones throwing it 50 times, but they may not have a choice in this one. They may have to, again, it's the third highest total um, in week number uh, two on the, on the slate. And, you know, Ramondre Stevenson made my love list this week. But, yeah, Kendrick Bourne, top 40 wide receiver with a little bit of upside if I have to pick a, a pass-catching wide, a wide receiver, I should say. Yeah, and Mac Jones looked pretty good in week yeah. one. I thought he was a toe-tap away from potentially bringing them all the way back and beating the Eagles. And I'm a little bit concerned that Kirk Cousins also looked really, really good against the Eagles' defense, so maybe the pass defense of the Eagles just isn't that great at the moment. They've been banged up, and they lost yeah. a lot of people in the offseason. Uh, there's no question about that. You might be right. But one of my big takeaways from week one that I, I did this thing on Twitter, like, Tuesday, you know, 10 Tuesday t- takeaways or something like that. Um, and uh, one of them was the Patriots offense is going to be competent this year. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's going to be great, but it's not going to be the dumpster fire it was last year. Under Bill O'Brien, it is going to be a competent, usable NFL offense. Yep, agreed. Moving over to our second game, the Chiefs traveling to play Jacksonville. The over-under in this one, bump it up. This one's at 51 points here, guys. The Chiefs are favored by three and a half points. Looking at the Kansas City side of things, I think, Barry, the question we'll start with here at the top is is still starting Isaiah Pacheco after only 12 touches in week one we saw Clyde Edwards Hilaire come out of nowhere very conservative usage of Jarek McKinnon uh, but Pacheco maybe not the workhorse we were expecting to see where does he come in for you he was banged up in the preseason so they might have been kind of easing him in Clyde Edwards Hilaire started the game but then as the game wore on it was just like okay Pacheco's fine they went to him he also had the most targets and receptions of any re- regular season game in week number one. So the fact that they were actually using him in the passing game, and you know he's going to get the goal line work there. I'm in on Pacheco this week as a, as a high upside flex. He's my running back 26. Just for comparison, McKinnon's at 44, CEH is at 51. So Pacheco's the Chiefs running back I like the most. The other guy's being involved. And by the way, not an easy matchup. Yep. I, mean, Jack, I mean, again, it's the Colts, so whatever. But Jacksonville could not run at all. Uh, I'm sorry, Indianapolis could not run on the Jags last week other than Anthony Richardson. Uh, The Chiefs don't have anyone like Anthony Richardson on their team. So uh, I do think Pacheco is viable as a flex, and I think he's the guy going forward. 
Second half of the year, McKinnon will get involved there, but yeah. I, I'd be very nervous about McKinnon's usage. Yeah, it's a little bit messy just because McKinnon and this CH thing, which again is just propping up for seemingly no reason, but it keeps on propping up. But I do think the fact that Pacheco, he is the guy who's going to get the most carries. He's going to get the goal line work, and he's also just Patrick Mahomes' quarterback in a game where the total is 51. Right, and again, his passing game usage is encouraging. Yeah, I asked somebody that would know this situation pretty well about the McKinnon lack of usage, and they're like, they just like him for the second half of the season. This is just no. how who they are, how they see it. They know he's a guy that breaks down. They're going to totally bump up his workload in the second half of the season. So, Barry, him not really sense. making your top 40 running backs this week, I, I totally get it. Let's look over at the Jacksonville side of things here. Jay, obviously massive return for Calvin Ridley, but is that overshadowing how underrated maybe an option like Zay Jones can be in this game? Yeah, definitely. And I think that we learn a lot out of week one. Some of the stuff is you have to throw out as an outlier. For instance, Ty J Spears out snapping Derrick Henry. I'll throw that as an outlier. But the fact that Zay Jones got the work that he did at the expense of Christian Kirk, I think that is probably real with the introduction of Calvin Ridley into that offense. So I think that if you're choosing between those two guys, you want Zay Jones over Christian Kirk this week. I agree, but I don't have them uh, separated by much. So, I mean, I have Zay Jones at wide receiver 30, Christian Kirk at wide receiver 34. Again, for the season, I think it's Ridley and Jones, and then it's a step down before you get to uh, Christian Kirk. That's the order. And I do think there's a, there, will be a, you know, there will be a gap between Jones and Kirk, obviously a big gap between Ridley and Jones. But here's the thing. We've talked about this. Christian Kirk last year against Kansas City absolutely crushed them as well. Um, he's played, uh, he played two games against the Chiefs last year, including the playoff game. 16 for 157, two touchdowns on 26 targets. Since the start of last season, no team in the NFL has allowed more receptions to the slot than the Kansas City Chiefs. So I do think this game, with an over-under of 51 and a lot of scoring, I do think this could be a good Christian Kirk game just because of the matchup. As we talked about, Kenny Moore playing the slot corner for the Colts last week, bad matchup for Christian Kirk. Yeah, I do think so. Christian, like they paid Christian Kirk a lot of money, yes. and he's good. Right. He's legitimately good. So it just doesn't feel like he's going to be a guy who's you know four receptions for thirty-eight yards. Like they're going to get, they're going to find a way to get him involved. I think he's usable this year, this week for sure. Jay, let me ask you a simple one: that this is about the point totals. Do you think this is a game that lives up to the shootout expectations? Fifty-one, I believe, is the highest point total for Sunday slate. Yeah, I think it does, because I think that Lawrence is clearly the real deal. I don't think the Chiefs can stop him. And then on the other side, like think about how everything went wrong for Kansas City yeah. against Detroit. Every single thing went wrong. Kelsey wasn't playing. Uh, Kadarius Tony has, what, four drops. Sky Moore has drops and isn't really involved. And they still look pretty good on offense, and they really could have won that game by double digits and cleared 30. So I don't think anyone can stop the Chiefs when they're healthy. I'm just going to say this. like I would not have the guts to start Kadarius Tony this week based no. on week one. But just watch him have a monster game. Yeah. Watch them go back to him like we need this kid to be, and they'll have Kelsey back, so the offense will look different. They'll have to defenses. You know, Jaguars have to focus on Kelsey as well, and so watch Kadarius Tony like just have a monster game because they're going to go to him early, and they'll have a package for him. And here's the other thing: is so I did a radio show on on Thursday, and they had a bunch of people call in and ask me questions. And one of the questions was Rasheed Rice or Kadarius Tony on Sunday, and I just like man, I. I just can't go back to Tony after what I saw on Thursday night, so I'm going to say Rasheed Rice. Mm. So because of that, I'm sure of it. <laughs> Kadarius Tony's going to have a monster game. Are we, uh, we completely dismissing Sky Moore? Because coming into the season, everyone great. had him as the number one wide receiver on it Kansas City. It did not look good. No. He wasn't earning targets. I, and it's one game. I know it's one game. And he game, was the guy coming in. Size, but off a bad rookie year. Yeah. Yeah, one game and then I, off a bad rookie year. Yeah. I mean, look, Rasheed Rice is somebody that Patrick Mahomes went out and said, hey, draft this guy for me. They worked out in the offseason yep. as well. 
I know you liked Rasheed Rice coming out it's of college. He's perfect for that offense. He's a guy that makes things happen when the play breaks down. He's an yeah. acrobat, can yeah. leap. Uh, and that, you saw the rapport with them already kind of working, considering how little Rice was on the field. So it's just a matter of time. He That's scored what a touchdown say. on Thursday. So anyway, I would not start Kadarius Tony because it's just, you know, speaking of bad juju, but it wouldn't surprise me if on Monday we're talking about what an awesome game Kadarius Tony had. Connor, how would you rank Rashi Rice, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, rest would, of the season? I would take, oh, the rest of the season, I would yeah. take Rice. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I think the volatility of Tony, yeah. I might dangerously put him over Sky Moore. I can't believe I'm saying that. I don't know. Maybe that's a fall from grace too far from week one. The Canary's Tony experience is just when I thought I was out, he pulls me back in. Won them the Super Bowl. Targets are earned. Targets are earned. And so far, Sky Moore has just not – he's been out on the field a lot, but he's just not earning targets. And that is – that's a concern. A lot of cardio last week for Sky Moore. A lot of cardio. Our last game here. (laughs) (laughs) I just sit my ass on a stool and earn no targets either. Hey, you busted your ass up to this bar. So let's not forget. The people forget correct. this bar. Listen, this this uh, this railing here is doing a lot of work. Let me just say that right now. <laughs> you kept on shaking. Yeoman's <laughs> Yeoman's work for this railing. Our last game, the Seahawks are traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. The Lions are favored by four and a half points as it stands right now. The total here, guys, up to forty-seven and a half points. And I think Barry, coming out of Week One, where is the concern level on a guy like Tyler Lockett, where our expectations are just so consistently high? Yeah, I don't know that I'm concerned about Tyler Lockett. I will say this. I'm concerned about this offensive line of the Seahawks. Yeah. Zero points in the second half of last week's game. I actually think they had zero first downs, too. Like, I mean, their offense just went into the mud in the second half. Like, they're missing both their tackles. And on the road at Detroit and having to deal with Aiden Hutchinson, like, I, man, oh, man, I am nervous about the Seahawks here. We were talking before the show I think it's, it's the line's four and a half. I've yep. seen it move up to minus five for the Seahawks. And so we both like Detroit to cover that. Yep. Especially off an extended break for Detroit, too. And the thing is with injuries, particularly to an offensive line, like usually you get one injury on the offensive line, it's okay. You can cover, you can adjust your scheme, everything like that. When you start getting cluster injuries, you just sometimes reach the point where it's just no longer viable. And it's not like the Seahawks were starting from a baseline of having the Eagles offensive line either. Right. That was already a question mark. And now when you've got backups on an already questionable offensive line going up against Aiden Hutchinson, who, by the way, looked like an absolute monster against Kansas City. It looks like he's going to make a leap. That- I mean, nothing says panic like signing 41-year-old Jason Peters, which is yeah. what the Seahawks did this week off the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, listen, Jason Peters was a great offensive lineman in his day, but he's 41 years old. It's pretty wild. I mean, he's 41. Pretty unheard of is what I, mean, I would say. I, I just, I, I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I'm, so I'm a little bit nervous about that. I'm not starting JSN. I think you probably still, you still got to start Lockett, Metcalf, and Ken Walker, but I don't know that you feel great about any of them. I'm probably not using them in DFS if I can help it as well. I, I, don't, I don't love the Seahawks' chances to put up a b- bunch of points here. What about this, Barry? Say you lost Aaron Rodgers or you just you're, you have no faith in your quarterback. Is Geno viable in this game? It was an ugly week one for, by Geno's standards. Yeah, I'm, I'm define viable. Like right. top 15 viable? Yeah, yeah sure. playable. Sorry, playable. Man. Sure, sure, sure. Like, but I, I don't – again – I'd prefer Jared Goff to Geno Smith in this game, speaking of another guy that's sort of in the same range right. as, uh, as Geno Smith here. I think the Lions have a big game here, and I'll just switching over to Detroit. One guy, look, everyone's already starting Amon Ra, my, my ride or die. I think most people will start Jared Goff if, you, if he's, you're in a size league where Goff would be startable, uh, and most people are going to start Dave Montgomery. Jameer Gibbs, I said this the other day, your last chance to buy low on Jameer Gibbs is the next whatever. 48 hours less than that. 
nine touches. He had just nine touches. He had under 30% of snaps in week one and still had 60 yards from scrimmage and should have had a touchdown, except the turf monster got him. Like, Jameer Gibbs is going to have a big, big game uh, on Sunday against the Seahawks, who last year, uh, since the start of last year, I should say, Seattle's allowed the third highest yards per reception to running backs. It's their home opener on the turf, which should play well to Gibbs' speed. Big game's coming for Jameer Gibbs on Sunday. Yeah, and I think look, there was a lot of uh, consternation over Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson, the two big name uh, running backs to go in the first round. And I think it's just a reminder that NFL coaches are more patient than fantasy managers. Sure. And I think, like, think back to, it brings up a lot, but last year, Rex Burkhead over Damian Pierce in week one. Sometimes guys just get eased in. That's the first thing. So I would expect that those two are going to get a lot more work as the season goes on. And then the other thing is that just weird stuff happens in week one. Think back to the Saints beating the Packers 38-3, to yeah, yeah. but when Rodgers wins MVP and they get the one seed and they go on to do that. And with the Seahawks... They're not going to be as bad as they were no. against the Rams. They're not going to lose 30-13. to 13. The Rams, oddly, have... Like, remember last year the Rams gave them a scare at the end of the season, too, and the Rams were dead in the water? It's a weird thing with Matthew Seattle Stafford Rams. was incredible in yeah. that game. So that explains a lot of their struggles on defense. Now, I don't really know why they couldn't move the ball more against the Rams. I think they had late in the fourth quarter three yards of offense in the second half. But they will be better for the run. And uh, I wouldn't give up, certainly... DK, uh, Kenneth Walker, and Tyler Lockett. You're starting those guys. And Geno, I think, will be better. These two teams played in the game, I think it was 48-45 last year. So there can be offense in this one. Yeah, I I will. But having said that, uh, while we think Seattle will be better and not panicking, I still like the Lions. I still like the Lions. I still like the minus, yeah, Yeah. minus four and a half. There should be six. (laughs) And despite that love for Gibbs, you also still like David Montgomery this week. Montgomery, I see, comes in as a top 20 RB. Montgomery gets the touchdown last week. They're not going to go away from David no. Montgomery, right? They, they want to run the ball. Like, the strength of that team is the offensive line. Right. They want to run the ball. Outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, they don't have a lot in the passing game. I mean, you know, Josh Reynolds had, you know, some moments on Thursday, last Thursday night, as did Sam Laporta. But ultimately, they want to run the ball, like, which makes sense with these two guys. And so, I have Montgomery and Gibbs both as top 20 plays this week. I would, yeah, I mean, again... Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift often were top 20 plays last year, and I would argue that these two guys are better and more exciting than that combination last year. Yep, and the sneaky thing with the Lions, because as explosive as that offense is and the perception of it, they've got one wide receiver at the moment, and also the quarterback is fine, but he's not a superstar, and so the strength of this team is the offensive line uh, and the weapons that they have in the backfield, I think, so they'll certainly expect that they would lean on that. Yeah, and we'll see if the usage for rookie tight end Sam Laporta continues to trend in the right direction as well. Yeah, he he looked really good that first week, Um, really, you know, nice route participation and, and targets, so... He's somebody that, like, again, if I'm desperate for a tight end, like we talked about, like, you know, give me a list of tight ends that you would prefer than Dalton Schultz. And it's a long list, but he's on that list. Sam Laporta is for sure. All right, we're going to take our last break. Enjoy week two with Bud Light. Easy to Sunday, easy to enjoy. When we're back, it's pickup lines. Jay and I got pickup lines for Matthew for Sunday Slate. Yeah. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Sorry, guys, no Connor 5, no J10. All right. That's outrageous. Sunday matchups with the highest yeah, spreads BERRY is spelled B-E-R-R-Y when you use that code to get your $200 worth of free bets. Uh, what are some other variations? What, Barry? Yeah. B-A-R-R-Y? That would be Barry. That would be Barry. Not nice. Barry. Yeah. No, Barry. <laughs> I'm insane. Yeah, why do I would be doing that? Yeah. yeah, people can spell that so one. Some okay. people, people some, I've seen it spelled that way. Uh, yeah, Zach yeah. Wilson is uh, probably spelt with uh, one L this yeah, week going up against yeah, the Dallas Cowboys, nine and a half. Point favorites. Uh, you're going to need Sauce Gardner at work there to pick off Dak Prescott a few times. I wouldn't bet against that either. Listen, I, Zach Wilson winning this game would be the greatest. It would be ever. great. Yeah. He's going to break mean, America I'm a, wants I'm a Commanders it. fan, so like I always root against the Cowboys, period. But like if Zach Wilson was able to beat, um, beat the Cowboys, that'd be awesome. I'm rooting for that kid. I'm rooting for Zach Wilson. Bills heavily favored over the Raiders at eight, by eight and a half points. The Niners favored by seven and a half after we saw them demolish the Steelers over the Rams here. They get over the touchdown favorite. Uh, obviously, we talked about the Lions just before, guys. And then the Giants, they lost 40 to nothing, but they're favored this week against the Cardinals by four points. Yeah, keep the screen up for one second, Stephen. I'll tell you just really quickly my reaction to the, these lines. I like we I like the Lions minus five as we talked. It opened at four or five. It's now moved up there. You and I both like the Lions uh, minus five. I think I like the Rams getting seven and a half. I do too. They yeah. always play them tough. Yep. Yep. They always play them tough, and and then and I think I think the Giants kill them. I'm in on the Giants this week. Can I just say, like a really huge part to me of that Rams Niners line is Puka Nakua playing or not, which seems so ridiculous to say out loud, right? Given that no one knew who this guy was two weeks ago, <laughs> but I think he's a really important part of that offense and that team. Well, certainly with Cooper Cup out, yes. people were like, how are they going to be able to move the ball? Yeah. And so now he's their best receiver, and, right? And he became their best receiver. Now if he's out too against that Niners defense, but whatever. Sean McVay always seems to, oh, they always play the yeah. Niners tough. And so, uh, yeah, I give me the Rams plus seven and a half. I certainly like that. I just think teams that, just there's too much of an overreaction sometimes to week one. Again, you, you mentioned the, you know, the, the Rodgers Saints game, you know, the, yeah. the Packers Saints game where they just got absolutely blown out. And then week two, they're back fine. And he ends up winning the MVP. Like the same thing. I think like, I think I like the Bears. I like the Bears getting points at Tampa Bay this week. I think the Bears were not as bad. <laughs> Where are you in for a surprise? Okay. <laughs> it's pickup lines time. All right. So Jay and, I, Jay and I get to pitch you at the bar. Okay. Our pickup line. Should I start? And I've you not heard them, now. by the way. Yeah. I've That's, not heard these. No, we don't, we don't tell uh, Barry the yeah. – the, uh, <laughs> Clearly. We, clearly the lines are – yeah, before I'm, the game. I'm so, barely paying attention to the media. So this, anyway. isn't looking, this isn't looking good for me okay. having a chance All right. right now. I am pitching you to take the Bucks minus two and a half 
over the Bears okay. in this game. Listen, we saw Jordan Love in his real start to his era, the yeah. three touchdowns versus the Bears. Yes, the Aaron Jones play, of course. But if the Packers were able to do that to the Bears secondary, miscommunications, honestly, just didn't look very talented. What are Mike Evans and Chris Godwin going to do to this unit? By the way, this week, Kyler Gordon, who could arguably be the Bears' best defensive back or best corner, placed on IR with a hand injury. So a bad secondary gets much worse. I'm not all in on this Baker revival, but what does he need to do against this Bears' defense? Two and a half points. Also, the Bears' offense against a very good Bucks defense. Those linebackers are maybe the best linebacker tandem in all of football right now. Todd Bowles is going to be ready to stop the rushing of Justin Fields. He's going to force him to throw, force him to throw against a good secondary. I like the Bucks by a field goal in this game over Chicago. I have no faith in what the Bears are doing right now. I agree with that. Okay, here's my pickup line, Matthew. I'm going to pick you up, which is strange to say. but uh, It worked one night in Buffalo. It did work that night in Buffalo, which we'll never forget. Uh, What's going on the bingo square, by the way? Christian McCaffrey on DraftKings. His rushing prop against the Rams is 65 and a half rushing yards. That is tiny. He just went 22 for 152 uh, against the Steelers, who have yeah. a better rushing defense, I think, than the Rams. And here, to me, is one of the most important stats from week one. Christian McCaffrey played 85% of the snaps against the Steelers. That is not a committee. He had 22 carries. Elijah yeah, Mitchell had correct. five. He is a workhorse back. And they could have pulled him out and put him in cotton wool because that game was over in the third quarter. They kept on running him. He is going to be the guy, I think, there uh, by margin. And 65 and up, to me, that's like 20 yards too low. I don't understand that at all. Whenever he was healthy last year with Brock Purdy, he crushed this line. So uh, I think he's going well over 65 and a half. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, 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 going, I, I can see it. I can see your face lighting up. I'm going over Jay. The chemistry is very I, real. I, I, it's, you know, it is what it is. Like, um, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I think the line is too low, and I think that McCaffrey is going to be a key part of that. They want him to use. The usage was great. We were so worried in the preseason about the Elijah Mitchell usage, and that didn't come to fruition against Pittsburgh. I certainly have more fear about the Steelers' line than I do against the Rams. The Rams are basically one guy, in my opinion. And so uh, I'm with you. I like that a lot. I actually think the Bears show up this week. I think – right, we'll I, give me Justin Fields over Baker Mayfield. Sorry, at this point. Like, we'll see. I kind of like I, the Bucks. You like the Bucks too? That's fine. I like the Bears getting two and a half. All right. So, so, so Connor's going uh, home so anyway, alone with Baker You're going Mayfield. home alone with uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm going home with Jay. <laughs> give me the over on Chris true. McCaffrey's rushing prop. Oh, so. boy. That's there it for go. us here. Of course, watch these guys on Fantasy Football pregame. That starts on 11 Eastern time on Sunday. You can apparently watch also not just on Peacock, but you But should. on YouTube as well. NFL on NBC. YouTube. So, fellas, go check that out. Yes. But uh, until then, listen, it's uh, it's closing time, which means you do not have to go home, but you can't stay here. So, for Jay Croucher, for Connor Rogers, for the soon-to-be 0-2 P- uh, Penn State Blake, I'm Matthew Barry. We'll see you on Sunday. Peace out. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.